No way! Yeah, and so that's I had no idea the story. You never told me this story. That's how it started. It was a big, heavy couch, so wow. I don't know how either of us would have gotten it <laughs> out of there by ourselves anyhow. Welcome to Vintage Picking with Bad Badge. Hello everybody, I'm Tanya McInear and I'm your host of Vintage Picking with Bad Madge and we're here for our October edition and I'm excited to have our guest Noah Feldman. Welcome Noah. Thank you, good to be here. Welcome to our podcast and uh, Noah is from Whatever Gallery and Noah and I have known each other, what, over 10 years. Yeah, about 10 or 11 years. Okay, yeah. yeah. So before we get started with Noah and his story, I'm going to do what we call our house cleaning or a housekeeping. Tell our uh, listeners a little bit what's happening at Bad Match. Bad Match is located in South Park in San Diego. So if you, this is your first time listening, please come in and see us in South Park. Uh, we've been in South Park for 12 years, and we always have fun events and things going on in our either our hood or in our shop and something that we are hosting again this is our fifth year on october 22nd so this coming weekend uh, is our sugar skull workshop for the dia de los muertos and we have angela Izaguera is going to be teaching the sugar skull workshop and if you're interested you can buy tickets on our website at badmadge.com they're 35 dollars. they include the sugar skull so you get a blank sugar skull and then you get all the decoration uh, goodies to make your own sugar skull to celebrate dia de los muertos and we also will have mimosas and pan dulce and we host it at ivy street co-working which is right around the corner from bad madge and that's from 10 to noon on october 22nd so if you're interested in tickets just uh, get on our website again badmadge.com and bring maybe your niece your daughter your cousin whoever you want to bring along your girlfriends come and check it out it's a really fun event this will be our fifth year and then of course if you're looking for halloween we've got lots of great halloween costume ideas we can help you our team is ready to help style you for your halloween outfit if you're looking for something for a party or you're going to just give out candy to the kids we certainly can help you complete your outfit or help you build it from the beginning and then in November, we will have our friends and family, which is a very special thing that we do every year with the fellow uh, retailers in the neighborhood, November 3rd through the 12th. But you have to be on our friends and family list. So you need to make sure that you uh, get on our email list or you come in and ask for your friends and family card. And you'll get 20% off on purchases in multiple shops in South Park, including Thread and Seed and Gold Leaf and Plants Por Favor. So a lot of the shops provide this 20% off discount so that you can get started on your Christmas shopping. Um, so it's a great way to support local businesses in South Park and of course save some money. So that is our housekeeping, our house cleaning. And uh, I would like to welcome Noah. Thank you, Noah, for being here. Thank you for having me. Coming out on a Thursday and to do our um, podcast. And Noah, you have Whatever Gallery. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so we're excited because you're about to open a new space. Yes. So tell our listeners a little bit about your uh, business and how you got started first. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> well, how we got started, I started off picking. Okay. I actually... As I'm sure you recall, I used to consign pieces yes. through Bad Madge. Yes. Uh, so that's actually kind of how I got started in San Diego. Okay. But you're from Boston? From Boston, Boston. yeah. In Boston, I just picked for fun okay. um, on the side of my regular job. 
What was the regular job? I was selling safaris. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's an odd thing <laughs> yeah. to be. Yeah. Completely different than what you're doing. Very different, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was always into design, architecture. Uh, my dad loved buying and selling. Okay. Uh, so I probably uh, inherited it You from got him. the family bug. Yeah. It seems to be kind of a thing with a lot of our pickers that you somehow either a cousin or an aunt or an uncle or a dad or with somebody kind of gets us started in it. Yeah. Someone sparks the idea. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my dad is probably how I got it. I did it on the side of my regular job. And then one day I kind of added up a bunch of numbers and said to myself, could I do this full time? Yeah. Could I quit my job and just do this if I try really hard? Okay. Um, so I did drove across country to San Diego um, where I've lived briefly before. That's okay. So you'd been here when before. I first yeah. met you. Yeah, you were working in one of the shops in South Park, right? Yeah, yeah at the, uh, South Park. Yeah, South Park. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you would come in and walk by, and everybody kind of knows everybody in South Park, so it's a real family-friendly kind of vibe. Yeah, that was what drew me there, is South Park has that community vibe that yeah. most places don't have anymore. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, I started in Bad Madge. Okay. You, know, you were doing mostly furniture, though. Yeah, I was flipping mostly um, mostly furniture, mostly vintage, but in the beginning it was really anything that I thought I could make some money on. Okay. Um, but vintage is what I was most interested in. Okay, do you have um, a particular era that you kind of have drawn to? Uh, now or back then? Back then, now, doesn't matter. Back then, it was anything vintage, honestly. Okay. Um, over the years, we've you know become much more specialized, much more niche. Um, and now we really focus on pieces by uh, specific designers, okay. um, mostly like 1940s to 1970s, okay. small production, rare pieces by specific designers. So okay. it's become very, very niche, um, quite different from what you were doing before. So you've just day. kind of evolved. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. been a complete evolution over time. We've so cool. basically just become pickier and pickier and pickier. Uh, and now we... Now we basically just sell this very niche uh, selection of design. Okay, and you say we, because you do have a business partner. I do have a business partner, yes. And who's that? An equal business partner. Okay. Um, his name is Graham. Okay. Together, we make whatever gallery. Okay. Graham and I met. Uh, Graham was also a picker. Okay. Back when I was a picker, and uh, we went to go buy the same couch. Okay. At the same time. <laughs> okay. In, in Point Loma. <laughs> We both showed up with money in hand. Oh shit! And uh, <laughs> the lady comes out and ran. We both say that we're there to buy the sofa, and uh, so there's this little bit of a feud going on. And she oh, says, wow. "I'm gonna go back inside. You two figure this out." Oh my goodness! Okay. Uh, so we start chatting. We're both short, kind of squirrely guys with with facial hair. Yeah. As we keep you talking. look like you could be brothers a little bit. A little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, based on height and yeah. facial hair. Yeah, <laughs> we both find out that we're from the East Coast. We both just moved to San Diego. We're both twins, so we, you know, the more we talk, we wow. find all these commonalities. Okay. And after a few minutes of talking, we say, "Do you just want to buy this piece together and try and flip it?" No way. <laughs> yeah. And so that's I had how, no idea the story. You never told me this story. That's how it started. It was a big, heavy couch, so wow. I don't know how either of us would have gotten it out of there by ourselves anyhow. Okay. But that's how it started. Okay. Uh, we decided to team up on it. We sold it rather quickly. Okay. And then from there, I think we both realized, gee, picking is picking furniture mm. is a lot easier when you have a second pair of hands Absolutely. and a second pair of eyes. Absolutely. Um, and that was six 
six years ago. Okay, so you guys have been in business six years. Yeah, we've been in business six years now. And you recently took over a new spot. Yes. Okay, so you were in South Park, and you had a space in South Park, which was a little bit logistically tough. And I'm, let's share with our listeners, like, you were upstairs. Yeah. So logistically getting things up those stairs. I always wondered, how do they do this? Yeah, I, <laughs> I also wonder that, looking back, <laughs> looking back at it. Yeah, so eventually we did get a, a big second floor showroom in South Park, which uh, our vision was to have it be an appointment-only space okay. where we could um, do little shows, exhibits. Mm. Um, we, we underestimated the difficulty of lugging furniture up a large, narrow flight of stairs. Yeah. Um, so we did have that space for about three years. Okay. Uh, we got it at the beginning of COVID. Okay. Um, and we did use it as a big, beautiful showroom. It was beautiful. Yeah. 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 There were big windows and lots of light, and it was just a big, beautiful space. That one detail of the stairs yeah. <laughs> really kind of stopped us from the early vision that we had. Okay. Um, it wasn't handicap safe. We were worried about maybe someone falling down the stairs. I can imagine. Because they were pretty steep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were, yeah, they were steep. There was a, it was probably about 20 stairs. Mm-hmm. So um, just based on the, the physical labor of it, mm-hmm. just the difficulty of getting pieces up and down. Um, and then with the other things, which I mentioned of just maybe someone falling down the stairs, yeah. you know, the worry of, of that sort of responsibility. We really just kind of used it as a... Sh- a showroom where if someone wanted to, someone called us infrequently, but once in a while someone would call us and say, I want to come just look at your pieces, uh-huh. then we could have them come. But we, we really didn't use it as a, as like this bustling showroom space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, we kind of kept it hidden almost. Yeah. Because um, of and, those things. Yeah. yeah. And had it for ourselves. And then you had a warehouse somewhere else, didn't you? Yeah. We have a warehouse in Barrio Logan, which okay. was the first thing that we got um, in order to kind of evolve our business and mm-hmm. take us to the next level. We got that about five years ago. Okay. That has been the backbone of our whole operation. If we didn't have that, then <laughs> I don't know what we do because real estate now in San Diego, especially warehouse space, is just completely unaffordable. Oh, wow. Okay. So we got in five years ago. We got a great rate. We have a landlord who doesn't you know, bump it up every okay. year, which yeah. we're incredibly grateful and lucky to have. Um, but yeah, that's a 1,200 square foot space, which allows us to house about, say, about 100 pieces okay. of furniture okay. um, at a time. Okay. Um, and that's constantly rotating. Okay. Um, so. so, and you're going all over to find pieces. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, we used to do a lot more uh, driving around ourselves. Okay. Um, so we'd be driving just all over Southern California, picking stuff. Okay. Over the years, as the weight of the furniture has gotten to our backs a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, the physicality yeah, of it. I know that very well. I know you do. Uh, that, mixed with the fact that we have, over the years, really sort of met a nice network of shippers. Mm. Um, we now try more to find pieces all along the West Coast okay. and then have them picked up Just by, shipped for you. by shippers. Yeah, yeah. that's probably um, a lot easier for you. Yeah, I mean, gas is expensive now. Yeah. 
vehicles, just vehicles in general mm -hmm. or a sprinter van, you know, yeah. the more mileage that goes on it, the more work we have to put into it. Yeah. So um, you have a sprinter so van. We have a very large sprinter van. Yeah. yeah. We have a high top extended sprinter van. I which, want one so bad. I'm so uh, jealous. It's a game. It's really been a game changer. I bet. I bet. I'd love to get one. Yeah, I mean, having all that those those tools to be able to expand your business and grow your business makes a big difference, but it's also a lot of investment, too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, buying a van is not a cheap endeavor at all. Or keeping it going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all of those things. And then finding those pieces and making those relationships are so important yeah. that, you know, that's the next step to creating your business at the next level is making those relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's what allows us to operate at the level that we do now mm -hmm. without the incredible uh, restoration guy that we have. Okay. We wouldn't be able to do what we do. Okay. Um, without the amazing upholsters that we use, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So. Are they mostly here in San Diego or are they in LA too? San Diego and LA. Okay, so you have people yeah. that work with you throughout Southern California. Yeah, we do. It's really difficult to find good to find good uh, artisans, yeah. you know, yeah. who, yeah. Um, especially who know how to work on the vintage pieces because mm. new stuff and old stuff are very different. Very how different. Were, how they were made. As yeah. You know. And also just the materials, like the, even like the shellac or whatever's used on them, the, the fabric that's used is so different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, all that stuff. And, you know, a lot of people walk into a store and they say, you know, what's the price of this? And you tell them and you know, they might think it's a little high, but they don't really understand everything that goes into mm -hmm. just one piece. Yes. For example, we have to find a piece, which is tougher and tougher these days. Oh, yes. It's gotten you know, a lot harder. It's a lot have harder. Have you found that it's a lot harder? I found it, especially this last year. Yeah, especially in the last year, especially since the pandemic picking grew exponentially during the pandemic. It sure did, yeah. Um, and that's just sort of muddied all the waters. Yeah. Um, so... That's harder. You gotta find the pieces. You gotta uh, you gotta deal with logistics for getting the pieces. So mm -hmm. we gotta get a shipper. We mm -hmm. gotta ship that piece to us. Get that at our warehouse. We gotta pick out uh, fabric for that piece. We gotta buy the fabric. Depending on what it is, but yeah. 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 So you gotta depending on what it is. Yeah. So you gotta get the fabric. You gotta take it to. You gotta transport it to the upholsterer. Mm -hmm. You have to pay them to do the work. Yeah. Hopefully they do it well. Yeah. You say hopefully yeah. because you have been in that situation, which I have been, where the upholster screws it up. It happens often. Yeah. Often. It's happened yeah. to me several times often. where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to do project pieces anymore. Yeah. I mean, for me, I kind of avoid them now. You know, yeah. things that are going to take too many hands or too many times, that cuts into your profit. and oh, Or you have to go up and then people are hesitant to buy something. It's harder to sell expensive stuff. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you got to do that, right? You got, then we got to take it to our refinisher in LA. So okay. we have to transport it to LA okay. to have it refinished. Yeah. Uh, then we got to get it back. Then we have to photograph it. Yep. And we have to edit the photos and then we have to actually post it. So there's and a sell huge, it. Yeah. And, and sell it. So there's yeah. a huge amount of work that goes into a piece. And then going, once it's sold, getting it to the customer. And then it's another get, piece of it. Yeah, that's a whole other piece. Yeah. Of it. yeah. I do want to say that your photos, when I look at your posts on Instagram, and it's whatever gallery, correct? Yep. So if our listeners want to follow you, they are so, and I'm going to, this is an adult this is an adult <laughs> podcast. Fucking sexy. Uh, thank you. Your stuff is so, the way that you photograph it and the way that you tell the story of the piece. 
it really is sexy and it has this a visceral I get a visceral reaction to your stuff I appreciate that and you really you can tell you take a lot of time and effort into making it this it really it's so even hard to explain in words because you look at it and you're like oh my god that is so my mouth's watering (laughs) (laughs) my mouth is watering because it really really do have amazing pieces and you make that story through photos yeah I mean the reality is that it's way easier to sell something if you have really nice photos oh for sure um for sure especially something pricey that you want to get that right customer looking at it especially if it costs more money yeah Yeah. but i mean for anything you know yeah Um, for sure especially nowadays people are visual shoppers yeah they they're online they see something and that's they're gonna if they like how it looks they're gonna buy it they don't really like where do you take your photos because it it looks like a warehouse but i I didn't know where you take them yeah we have a designated area in our warehouse okay we have one filtered window in the front of that warehouse it's pretty uh and for about 30 minutes if the sun is out that day the sun will come through that filtered window Uh. onto our photo wall and we have a short window to oh my capture goodness. the pieces. So if there's no sun, we can't photo. Oh my God. And when we can photo, we've got a very short window to do it. Wow. Yeah. So it's like a 30 minute window of shooting in front of this one wall. Yes. And please, our listeners, go on Instagram and check out whatever gallery. Um, and you can see that they are, like, it. I can see why. Like, yeah, I mean, it makes a totally unique kind of light uh-huh. on the wall. It really does. Um, has a warmness to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a very interesting, unique lighting. Uh-huh. It's tough because it changes all year long, the oh. time that that light hits the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to pay attention. Yeah, so we're constantly having to like go down and check on it okay. um, to see if it's even possible to So you around. stage it yeah. and wait for that time. Wow! Yeah. You're a very patient man, Noah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. It's difficult. Okay. It honestly is a lot of work uh, to deal with our photography. Okay. Um, but people react to it. Okay. Um, and do you take the pictures or do Gra- does Graham do it? We both do. You do it together. Yep, okay. Do it together. Um, okay. So before I ask kind of my next question, I'm going to do our, um, our trivia so okay. we do a little trivia game. Right. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready? So our fun facts for vintage fanatics. And I had to pick one because I know you. Okay. I had to pick something that I thought, oh, maybe Noah will know this. So before we kind of go into the next sort of phase of what I'm going to ask you about, um, which you'll understand why I'm saying this. So the, the, I have to, actually two questions for you. Okay. okay. So the first question is, do you know what the oldest auction house is in the world? Oh, goodness, in the world. Um, you don't have to think too long, but Sotheby's. Nope, it actually is not. Of course, the Google helped me because you know the Google helps with everything. It's uh uh, the Stockholm Auctionvix. Oh yeah, that was my second. (laughs) (laughs) So it's in Stockholm, and they've been around since 1674. Yeah, that's old. That's old. Yeah, um, they're in Sweden, and they are the world's oldest auction house. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. So here's part two. What is the old, oldest auction house in the U.S.? Well, I'm not going to say Sotheby's again. No, it's not actually. Yeah. Um, oldest one in the U.S. Uh, God, I have no idea to be honest. Okay. But I'll just say um, Christie's. Nope. 
It's actually Freeman's, Freeman's auction. Oh, in New York. Have you heard of them? New York or New Jersey? It, it just it says their yeah. auction house uh, is America's oldest auction house. It's 220 years old. Wow. Yeah, it's been around a long time. Yeah, I actually watch their auctions. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. They have Amazing. beautiful curations. Okay. Yeah, really good stuff. So that's kind of why I wanted to, I picked this question because you do a lot of things with auction houses. Is that correct? So tell us yes. about that. Yeah. Um, the furniture business is, even though it is going well for us, mm -hmm. it's, I think, important for growth to okay. be able to supplement your income in other ways as well. So we okay. use auctions, use okay. the auction circuit to do that. And we consign about, we consign these days probably about 150 pieces a year to okay. auction. Okay. Um, do you work with one particular auction house or? We mostly work with one auction house in LA. Do you mind sharing with us? Not at all, okay. called Billings. Okay. And Billings specializes in uh, quirky, eccentric, mid-century modern design. Okay. Um, they are really one of the only auction houses that curate the way that they do. Okay. Um, so Share with us. What do you mean? Most auction houses will basically do anything mm -hmm. and everything. Okay. Billings only does mid-century modern design. Okay. Um, and also, they do mid-century modern, post-modern, just basically like 20th century, mid-20th century modern design. And uh, for only furniture and like home goods or lighting? Furniture, or? lighting, okay. um, home goods. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically, their main focus, yeah. basically what we do. What you guys do. Yeah. So if we have pieces that we feel like we've been holding on to a little too long, then we'll send them to Billings uh -huh. um, and we will hope for the best. Okay. And that would be... Over the years, we've been able to sort of figure out what does well, what doesn't do well. Okay. And uh, as Bill Billings has grown over the last few years, okay. so now we have a, a pretty good grasp on you know what to send. And, and that again is another relationship that you build. Yes. I think relationships in our industry, like anything, I would imagine, but I feel like for me, those relationships are so valuable. Over time, I mean, I've had my business now 12 years, and I think about all the relationships that I've created, whether it's customers, fellow vendors, those relationships are what help you stand the te you know, test of time. You're able to continue your business totally. by creating these relationships. Totally. Most of the people that we now know and are now f friends with mm -hmm. and that we communicate with regularly we met through Billings, oh, wow. uh, who we've been selling through for about five years now. Okay. So they they rely on you for good product because they make money. Do you mind yeah. sharing? What's the cut? Do you mind sharing that? Like, how's that work? It's different based on uh, how many pieces you can sign. I see. I okay. think if you were to walk in and say, I want to consign something, uh, then they would take a 20% cut. Okay of your piece okay so they so get, if you're just somebody off the street you have you want to try it out you've got one piece you want to take take it to the auction they'll take a 20 percent cut yeah they take 20 okay. percent from you and then all auction houses take a premium from the buyer buyer yes okay um, so if that hammer price is a hundred dollars uh -huh. there's an extra 25 dollars on top of that okay. premium that goes to the i see the auction house they're getting like 20 25 30 percent from the buyer and they're getting 20 percent from the consigner i can't even imagine what their overhead is <laughs> i yeah. mean i mean the amount of work that goes into doing an auction there's cow auctions here in san diego 
that I yep. follow. I've actually never bought anything from them. Recently, I've been having a harder time finding furniture. Um, I think that we're seeing a lot more pickers. I think there's a lot less maybe inventory. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's, because there is a lot more competition, people buying and flipping because it's become such a like hot thing. You see it on all the social media platforms. People are doing it, thrift stores, you know, going to estate sales. They're like finding this as a real, I mean, it's great because a lot of things are not getting thrown away. However, it becomes a lot harder for people that have been doing it for a while. It's like you have to keep on your toes. And then comes to those relationships. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely tougher to compete. The vintage market in general is just so popular right now. Yeah. I mean, vintage clothing, yes. vintage furniture, just vintage everything. I yeah. think it's going through a bit of a uh, revival right now. I mean, that's great, but then it's also like hard for us because we're like, now we've got yeah. way more competition. Um, yeah. I think you know that those relationships, I mean, for me, it's, you know, my customers. And then, you know, of course, those relationships that I've built with other whether it's a vendor or people that know me, whether it's an estate sale company or somebody that's doing it, they might think of us first because we've created that. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to imagine for you that word of mouth. Mm. It's huge for me. It's huge. Yeah. It's it's huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, like, using social media to get the word out, too. And you have a pretty good following on social media. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is bar none our number one means of business. Now. Okay. So you're getting a lot of traction and a lot of sales through Instagram. Yeah. Okay. We do. I'd say I'd say more than 50% of our sales wow. okay. come from Instagram in some capacity. Oh wow. Um, do you guys have a website? We have a website. Okay. Um it's always in a, in process yeah. me too. <laughs> yeah, it's always, you know, an effort to keep it updated. Yeah. Uh, but we sell on we sell on multiple platforms. We do Instagram. We have a website. So you know, juggling all of those, yeah. is, it's it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work keeping those up. I yeah. think, you know, I I admire you because having a partner does really add to what you can, you know, what you can accomplish each day. I mean, I have a team of five people that work yeah. with me and are my team members. It's but it all does fall on my shoulders, yeah. you know, as an owner. And you have to be yeah. the person that makes the decisions and also be able to live with the mistakes. Yes. You know, having a second person to help you take that burden is... Yeah. Put prob- the blame on. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I like that. <laughs> Put the blame on. That's awesome. So what's the future hold for you? So tell us about your new space. Yes. Uh, our new space, very different from our last space in South Park. Uh, this one's in Golden Hill. It's okay. a small... A little 500 square foot gallery space, okay. storefront. Uh, it's in a hundred plus year old building called the Caroline. Oh, cool! Hill. So it's it is it really reminds me of like a New York brownstone. Oh, cool! Um, which is really cool as an East Coaster. My uh-huh. mom was a New Yorker, so I used to you know uh, go there when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, it's a small little 500 square foot gallery space. I will actually have limited hours. Okay. So I'll probably be in there maybe three days a week or something like okay, that. Okay, so you have like set hours that people can come into the space. We will have some sort of set hours. Eventually. Yes. Yeah, okay. To be determined. But to yes, determined. we will have hours. <laughs> yes. We want to definitely use this space more as a an actual gallery space that people can walk into off the street. And you're slated to open, what did you say, November 3rd? What did you... November 3rd is going to be our opening party. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so is anybody invited? Anybody's invited. Okay. Yeah, there'll be drinks and food and music and Okay, furniture. what time? 
Uh, it is 6 to 10 o'clock. Okay, so 6 to 10, Which November 3rd. Um, so to find you on Instagram is whatever gallery. Um, I'm sure they can Google it and find you. And so just open to the public. Come check it out. Yeah, come check it out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what are you excited about? Have you found anything recently that you're like, wow, this is so great. You have it in process that you can share with us. We're honestly finding really cool stuff all the time. Uh, we've spread our, the area that we look. Your net. Is the entire U.S. now. Uh, oh, okay. So you're really expanding. Okay. Yeah. We've done that mainly because it's hard, as we've already discussed, it's harder to find pieces, uh-huh. especially in San Diego yeah. and just generally speaking, um, the whole West Coast. It's okay. harder to find stuff, especially at the... The level of pieces that we're trying to curate. Okay. Um, so we've found that we need to just look everywhere. Okay. And we, again, we have shippers who kind of circumnavigate the U.S. Okay, that's awesome. Um, picking okay. stuff up. We did recently find an amazing set of dining chairs by uh, Sam Maloof, who is basically like the the um, studio craft woodworker of California. Okay. Um, and we found a super rare and large set of eight dining chairs, which are all totally hand sculpted. So he would have hand sculpted these in his studio back in the sixties. Um, oh, wow, here in California. Here in California. Oh wow. Yeah, and we'd never found anything by him before out in the wild. And so, how did you even know this like person's name? I mean, you're familiar with it because you do a lot of research. I'm imagining. Oh yeah, I mean, between Graham and myself. Mostly Graham. Graham has an insanely encyclopedic knowledge of all the designers, all the designs. He's got a photographic memory. It's also, I also know quite a bit. He Um, has a photographic memory? That's lucky for you. He claims to have a photographic memory. But yeah, I mean, sometimes he'll... We'll see some obscure piece, and he'll be like, I've seen that before. And then a few hours later, he'll send me some obscure article from a magazine he saw like 10 oh years ago. Oh, my God. So he does. I mean, that really helps. Sadly, yeah. my memory isn't that great. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Wow. But yeah, I mean, part of our job is to, and part of the path to being successful in our niche little field is... Um, knowing as much as possible, Mm -hmm. knowing all the obscure design. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we do maybe cross paths with it in the wild, uh, we're able to immediately identify it. Yeah, you see it and you know it. Because sometimes I look at stuff and I'm like, wow, where did he even find that? Like, okay, so unicorn pieces. Have you found a unicorn piece where you're like, oh my God, this is a piece that I've been looking for for my whole life and you find it? Or it's like something that is one of those, oh, moments yeah you know we've found quite a few unicorn pieces to be honest but a mindset that i think both of us have developed over the years is that there are lots of unicorn pieces out there okay and we try not to develop too much of an attachment to these pieces because our job is to sell them not to accumulate (laughs) them and hoard them (laughs) that's hard um, are you pretty good about selling things off? Because I am. I don't really get super attached to stuff mostly. I mean, every once in a while. But I'm pretty good about, like, okay, I've got to let this go. Yeah, I'm definitely better than I used to be. Graham's still working on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because he sees that piece as a very special, like, yeah. I mean, we get attached to it. Yeah, I mean, he's as passionate as anyone can be about, um, you know, rare and obscure designs. So when yeah. he finds that piece, he's kind of... 
uh, fantasized about for years. Can you give us an example that comes off the top of your head? Like, um, Yeah. We got this incredible lounge chair by both of probably our favorite designer, George Nakashima, okay. um, who basically used the like uh, father of Japanese woodworking in America. Oh. And he made hands, handmade pieces out of like the finest woods that you could find back uh, in the 40s, 50s, okay. 60s. His daughter actually has taken over now, Mira Nakashima, and she has taken over his, his business okay. um, since he passed. But uh, we found an amazing lounge chair uh, of his probably about three or four years ago. The plan was to sell it, but it, <laughs> it quickly ended up in Graham's living room. Oh, I see. And it was technically for sale over the years, although we weren't like proactively Aggress- trying to sell trying it. Aggressively trying to anything. sell it, okay. Finally, we decided we just put a crazy high price on it, what we call a. a um, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta think about it. Um, sometimes we'll price something just really high and we'll throw it online. If someone wants to buy it at that price, even though it's, it's high, then, you know, we'll. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, money does talk. Yeah, money, you know? money talks. You know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's when you have allows. bills to pay and cash flow is king, you know, we are always looking at cash flow to keep our business going. And sometimes those pieces, yeah, you have this emotional attachment to them. Yeah. However, money can keep us going. If we if we don't sell stuff, we're not going to be in business. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of bills. So did you sell it? Uh, so he had it in his living room for about the last three years. Okay. You know, there are people out there who have a lot of money and they just want what they want. Uh-huh. Someone said they wanted to see it. Okay. So we brought it over to our new little space a few weeks ago. Okay. We just figured they wanted to look at it. Uh-huh. They're, you know, passionate about, you know, George Nakashima. They wanted to see it and ended up walking out with it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cash money. Was Graham crying? <laughs> Did he cry? Graham was a little traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However. However. We both know that there are lots of other pieces out there. Yeah. It's just finding that next piece. We'll find that next piece. Yeah. 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 We'll find the next piece. Yeah. I have a, another friend, Vaughn. He always says, there will always be another one. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it may not be that exact one, but yeah. you know, you can, you have to know to let go of things because that is the business. That's the business. You yeah. know, you're not in business to keep everything. So, I mean, I look at things and when somebody buys something and, and it's kind of, a, you know, this person that bought the chair, yeah. you know, they are so happy that yes. they got this chair. Oh, and so that happy. that connection that they made with that chair that makes you know when I sell something to someone and they're so excited to take it home, and that makes my job what I do what I do happy you know I'm happy that it's like oh, yeah. that connection that I gave that person with with an inanimate object yeah you know it's pretty amazing what we're doing is we're saving things from being thrown away. Yeah. Or just shoved in some corner somewhere. You actually saved an item. You, you gave it a new life. And this is that, you know, and it's an economic engine what we're doing. Totally. You know, we are really helping each other. And think about all the people that make money off that item. Totally. Your upholsterer, the wood, you know, the person that refinished it. Yeah, it goes right back out. Yeah, and the shipper, <laughs> you know, you're really, when you are buying from a vintage person, you know, a dealer, you are helping an entire economy. Yes. You know, we're all tied together. You know, I have people that help me in so many areas and all everybody takes a little piece of that pie. And I love that. I love that too. Yeah. Yes, yeah, one of the, the neatest parts of our business is yeah. again, um, the relationships 
that are directly linked to our business yeah. and all the wheels that are turning yeah. and it's 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 its own little it's its own little economy it absolutely you know? is absolutely um, and it's nice to know that uh, the money that comes in, it goes right back out into the pockets of the people that help us. Yeah, so. I love that. You know, when you're spending with a local uh, business, it you know helps the local economy so much. So much. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Noah, thank you for being on our podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having um, me. Let me see what else I have. If there's anything else I have in my notes. Well, of course, you know, we always want to remind our listeners to follow us and to uh, you know don't forget to hit that like button or comment. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're one of our listeners. I know our listener numbers have been going up over time. This is, I think, our ep- eighth episode. We do one a month. So we'll be back in November. And again, I appreciate Noah Feldman being with us. Uh, whatever gallery. And tell our, our listeners where they can find you. They can find you on Instagram. In- Instagram is our number one. Okay. If you want to stay updated. It's just it's whatever, in- gallery. Instagram, yeah. whatever gallery. Instagram, yeah. Whatever gallery. Whatever um, gallery. We also have a website, again, which is... Yeah. semi-frequently updated yeah okay. um but yeah instagram um we're on we sell through first dibs we sell through cherish oh you do okay yep okay but yeah instagram that's that's where all the so you're selling happens. through multiple platforms you're also at billings auction mm-hmm. and if there's somebody that's listening that has a special piece that wants to sell to you they can just maybe direct message you or sure. uh, send you an email through your website yeah. Um, Do you get that a lot where people have something and they're like, hey, I know this would be a good, you know, piece that you could take? Not as much as I or you would expect. Okay. But yeah, we do we do get that. Okay. Yeah. The, again, the issue is that our our curation has become so niche. Yeah. That you now this what what we will take is yeah. is it's a narrower it's very narrower small field. but yeah. you never know but you never know yeah. yeah so if you have something you want to have Noah or Graham look at please uh, message them thank you again for spending the the morning with us again if you love this podcast make sure you subscribe and tell your friends please uh, share with your your network about uh, vintage picking with Bad Madge again I'm Tanya McInear of Bad Madge and we hope to have you again with us next month. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Tanya.